<laughs> What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brand Janu Show. Uh, as you already know, I am Brand Janu. Uh, like always, man, social media, uh, Facebook, it's the Brand Janu Show on Facebook. Uh, go there, uh, follow me there. Um, TikTok, Brand Janu Show. And, of course, Instagram, Brand Janu Show. But if you really just want to get through all that shit and skip through all that shit, just go to Brandon Janu Show on YouTube, uh, YouTube channel, Brandon Janu Show. Subscribe, review, well, subscribe, comment, I should say. Subscribe, uh, comment, view it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and, of course, like always, well, you can always find this podcast no matter where it is. It's always on podcast platforms, all podcast platforms. Uh, so go enjoy that. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um and uh, yeah, man, uh, it's been a crazy ass year. Uh, we're getting to the end of it. Uh, Christmas is Sunday, and New Year's is the Sunday after that. So, uh, so I'm closing out this year uh, with a couple of end of the year episodes, and because of that, uh, this episode will be kicking off the New Year. So, Happy New Year to everybody out there. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, if you got New Year's resolutions, I uh, hope you're still following them, <laughs> and, uh, you know, stuff like that, so, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and let's get into it, man, so, this episode is the Wrestling Life Wrestling Review Show, oh, you didn't know? This is the Wrestling Life Review Show, oh, yeah, I'm going old school, I'm going New Age Outlaws on your ass, oh, yeah. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. I'm going to be talking about all wrestling. I'm going to try to do some AEW. I really don't watch AEW like that, but I'm going to try. Um, but enjoy this. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, shout out to everybody that has been viewing, has been watching, has been subscribing. Uh, this year for subscribers on YouTube has been crazy. I got a lot of subscribers on Instagram this year. So thank you guys for have been subscribing, been reviewing, uh, everything, man. I appreciate it. So let's get into it, man. Wrestling Life. Started this this podcast uh, series this year. Um, you know, I started, I wanted to do a wrestling uh, podcast series. And I started one early in my life, earlier, uh, before. Sorry, Sorry about that. Uh, but I started a podcast series, a wrestling, life, a wrestling podcast series. Uh, you know, and I just want to get back to it, and I and I started wrestling life, and it's been so much fun, um, just doing this podcast series. This is one of the the biggest clips I always get when I do drop a wrestling, uh, do an episode for my podcast. This is one, it's including uh, Life of Times with Music, which I will be doing that also, um, hopefully tonight, if not, probably tomorrow night sometime. But um, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, wrestling life has been so fun, and, you know, of course, 2022, it's crazy to even think 2022, in 300, almost 365 days, wrestling has changed, like, the dynamic of wrestling has changed in just a year, the way it has changed is more importantly, man, it started this year, man, this year has been absolutely nuts, let's be real, this shit, shit has been fucking bananas in wrestling, um, of course, uh, Roman Reigns, the bloodline, 
storyline has dominated wrestling uh, for pretty much most of the year. Um, this storyline has, has taken its own peaks and dips and had these moments, but for the most part, it has been one hell of a storyline. I cannot knock it. Um, no matter how I feel about WWE still keeping the titles on Roman or even the tag team titles on the Usos, like this storyline has been 100% perfectly orchestrated. It's it's really good. Um, at the beginning of it, it, it felt like, you know, it was just going to be just a storyline that just to, to, to propel Roman Reigns to a larger superstar, which it has. But the work of a Jay, a Jay Uso, who started this bloodline storyline pretty much with Roman, when Roman won a Universal Championship, the first person he ever defended, well, second person he ever defended that title against, the first person was Braun Strowman, the second person was Jay Uso. That was the first real robbery he had for the, for the Universal title. But him beating, um, but him making Jay join the, uh, the storyline, join the bloodline almost what, two years ago? It's crazy to sit here now and say this storyline has not lost its steam. It has not lost its stamina. It's actually gotten better. And it's, like I said, it's had its moments um, uh, when the storyline kind of got a little bit too stale. But uh, it would not have worked so well if the honorary Oos did not join this storyline. And that is Sammy motherfucking Zane. Uh, Sammy Uso, should I say. Um, this has been a pretty interesting storyline, a pretty interesting build between, uh, Roman, the blood, Roman, the Usos, um, and Sammy, you know, this is, this has been a hell of a, a build. And then you add in a solo Sakura, solo Sakura, who was in NXT doing his thing in NXT, actually won the NXT North American championship and had to relinquish it. So it's just like, this is, this is how... WWE looks right now, and they that storyline is built into itself, and it's such a great storyline. Uh, we all know how this is going to end between Roman and, and well, the Bloodline versus and, and Sammy. It's it, it, the question is when they're going to pull a trigger. Is it going to happen after the December thirtieth match between Roman and Sammy, Roman Sammy versus Kevin Owens and John Cena, or will it happen actually after the match? So it's just it's just a very interesting situation. Another thing I think that WWE is going to probably do with this storyline is probably get Roman a pin. Roman's going to get pinned eventually. I don't know when, but you can't wait till WrestleMania to do it. I think that because then it's just like, yeah, it's believable, but it's also just running its courts. And it's like, he should have lost a couple of times. He should have been pinned a couple of times. But this is going to be pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, the Bloodline storyline, man, I, for two years – has been incredible, and I think 2022 was its best year of a storyline. This was the best fucking year. You added two new people. You made the the the, the bloodline actually stronger, which I didn't think could ever happen. You didn't like Roman and the Usos are already pretty fucking dominant. I mean, look at their careers. But to have now they are there, to have you no. Know, the Usos' little brother in there and now Sammy too is just like good God, like, and you still have the 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 the, the greatest uh, manager to me, the greatest manager in WWE history, in wrestling history, Paul Heyman. You you have the greatest you know per, you know manager of all time, you know 
either he's an advocate or he's, you know, the, the special counsel. He's one of the greatest managers I think I've ever, we've ever had in wrestling history. And Paul Heyman. And so it just makes it even fucking better. It's just this story. And I, I, I don't know how they are going to literally tear this, this bloodline down. I, I don't have a clue how you're going to do it. I know Sammy's not going to be in it. But for the four other members, Roman, the Uso, Solo, I don't know how you're going to tear this storyline down because for two and a half years, damn near, going on three years, this has been the most dominant storyline for WWE. And they have crafted it pretty fucking well, which is kind of hard to believe when you think about it that Vince McMahon was the one person that started this shit with them. It's kind of interesting to see how this storyline has progressed since he's left. So, uh, yeah, this storyline is pretty pretty great, and it's still going to be one of the greatest storylines going into WrestleMania and even after WrestleMania because, to me personally, Roman is still going to probably have one of those titles, I'm assuming. And if that is the case, then you can continue to build this storyline until at least SummerSlam when he probably loses again or maybe even to the next WrestleMania. He can have the Universal Championship for a good bit. I can see him losing and dropping it at SummerSlam because I can't see him dropping it at WrestleMania. I can see him losing the WWE Championship. That's a little different because he would have that he would have had that title for a year. But if you actually made him drop the title at uh, uh, if you made if Roman kept the title at the the Universal title at the WrestleMania, that's three years. He's been a Universal Champion for three fucking years, so that is different. But yeah, I think I think I think uh the Roman the bloodline story is still one of the best storylines of 2022 and it's going to continue to be a storyline going into the next year because I just don't see it really the wheels falling the fuck off. I just don't see it falling off like a dramatic fall off. Like I don't see it like it's got to crumble slowly because the build of it was kind of slow. Like 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 outside of Roman and Jay, Jimmy didn't come into the picture until late. Solo and Sammy just got into the picture this recent year. So it's just like they got to really crush this storyline slow. Because you got to build other stars out of this storyline. Like Sammy's built right now. Like Kevin Owens is built right now. Like Solo is starting to get his rise now. You have to build other superstars still with this storyline. As long as it still got steam, you need to start putting guys and girls maybe into this storyline that can actually build it better. Like if like let's say Sammy leaves, but Tamina joins it, which is their cousin too. Tamina is the Usos and Roman and Solo's cousin. What if she joins the storyline? What if Naomi comes back and she joins them because she's married to Jimmy? What if she joins them? Now you got two women who are dominant as fuck that can actually go out there and win the women's tag team titles. Now you got Roman with the Universal, the tag team titles. I'm still gonna probably be with the Usos, and maybe Solo Sakura finds a way and wins a, a, a title. So it's it's a it's a lot of things. I don't know. Or maybe do you expand it and you say, you know what, Solo Sakara, you go to Raw, even though you're not part of in in, in the Usos, you go back and forth because you're the tag team champions. You go any show, but Roman has to be on SmackDown. So so Solo Sakara is on Raw, but the Usos are always there on Raw with him. So it's just like I don't know how to, that that is something that I think it would be pretty interesting to see. But, yeah, I think the Bloodline storyline of 2022 is still one of the greatest storylines since in its two years. You're pumping this storyline for two years of content, and they still finding a way to get it done. And that is kind of obvious, man. That storyline is going to be one of the most – and that's probably why I think a lot of people love the storyline because for two years they found a way to make this storyline actually 
still matter. And we all know WWE finds a way to fuck up some shit. So, yeah, Bloodline Storyline is obviously number one with a bullet for me personally when it comes to 2022 stories of wrestling just moments. It's it's still one of the best things cooking. And it's literally going on three years. And it's, it's not slowing the fuck down. It's not slowing down. It's, it's just not. It's not. Another storyline that I thought was really great this year, this is why I go into the AEW bag, MJF. You wouldn't even think that MJF left the company at some point this year because there's been so much shit going on in wrestling. But this man literally cut one of the greatest promos of maybe the last decade since probably the pipe bomb and CM Punk. You know, and here's my thing with that. He's not an AEW champion. And I think we're going to kind of get wrapped up in all of the things he's doing, even though he's still reminding you is it's you know you know i'm using this title for the bidding war of 2024 i don't know if he resigns for AEW. i just don't by the time 2024 does roll around i don't know what type of position AEW is going to be in. i don't know if they're going to still be a, a competitive company or they're going to kind of fall off the cliff like tna did where tna was so good and tna could still have those moments where uh, aj styles and christopher daniels you know, a Samoa Joe could have a triple threat uh, for the X, a triple threat match for the X Division title, and it would actually make sense, and it would still be good. Where AEW, the reason why I don't technically watch AEW that much is because it's not a program that I really fuck with. Like, like I was talking to my dad today about this, and I was like, I don't really, I don't really watch AEW like that. But when I see people like uh, uh, MJF comes out, come out of nowhere, and cuts a hell of a promo, you know, um, like he did. Um, you have to give that its proper respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a fan of guys, you know, I, I I'm not a huge fan of like the big guys. I'm short. I'm five four, so I'm five three five four. So I'm not a big guy. My goddamn self. So when I see guys that are just really talented in the ring, like Seth Rollins is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. But when I see like a guy like MJF who has that type of feel of a CM Punk, where CM Punk was that guy, and CM Punk was one of my favorite wrestlers when he was the guy. When I see that, and I'm like, yo, MJF got that on the mic, and he can actually get in the ring and do some shit. It's actually really interesting to see it. MJF, I think, has become such a hot commodity that even if you don't know too much about AEW, you might know who he is. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I think it was this year. I want to say it was this year when him and CM Punk did their promo at the beginning. And then, yeah, it might have been this year because I remember that's when him and Warlow went into their robbery after he gave CM Punk the rank. So it might have been this year when they cut their promo against each other. It's it's just like these are things about AJ, MJF that I think even if he does stay in AEW, I don't – listen, man, I think MJF is a great AEW wrestler. I think he can, he's the champion now. He's the guy. But I think if he actually did come to WWE – I think he would actually run it. I think he could actually do it. The reason why is because I think Triple H would actually love having a guy like him be there because he can actually talk on the mic. He could promote the fights. He can do shit that certain people can't do. The, I think the problem with WWE sometimes is that they don't have really good people in promos. Sometimes they do have to put some people on the mic that might not be really that, that – that's not really their shit. They're not really that good at promos. But MJF clearly could cut a promo. He's the Miz with a way better – he's the Miz with better 
popularity. Like, The Miz can cut a promo. The Miz is one of the best at cutting a promo. The problem is you kind of just are tied sometimes to The Miz. MJF, you're not tired of him yet. And I think that him being so young can always play to his advantage. And I think because he doesn't have the – and as long as Triple H is also in power, and Cody Rhodes is there, because Cody Rhodes and MJF are actually really good friends, that would be an interesting situation. But going back into it, if he leaves AEW, I think AEW will actually crumble because you actually have a homemade superstar for the first time. A company has a homemade superstar that is actually toting your company's belt, and he's actually making it a success, and he's actually one of the biggest draws for your company. And that's something that's hard to find. WWE has built their own types of superstars, Hulk Hogan to John Cena, Stone Cold, Rock, all these guys. But MJF is one of those guys I feel like can build other superstars. He might be the first AEW, original AEW guy that can actually help the company build other superstars. Like a Ricky Starks, like a Warlow, like like those guys, like an Adam uh, Adam Hangman Page. Like if he can actually build those superstars up and build them and build them and build them. Because this is what you kept doing with WWE, guys. When you sign a Brian Danielson, you sign a John Moxley, you sign these guys, you're trying to build these guys to be um, the next big superstars. Instead, you're not helping the company grow because you're actually just giving the WWE guys the belt because you're like, but they come from a bigger pond, so let's just give them the belt and let's see what happens. When you actually should give the AEW guys the ball and let the WWE guys try to fight him and keep him from, you know, establishing himself. But he still overcomes it. And I think that's what MJF is kind of becoming now. So I think um, we shall see how this plays out. I would love to see him in WWE. But if he stays in AEW, then you got a homegrown guy. You better not fuck it up. That's all I can say. Um, Another storyline this year that was kind of interesting, to say the least, in wrestling. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Now, this storyline seems like it's wrapping down. It's, it's kind of winding down finally. Uh, Sasha Banks is kind of out of her contract. I think it ends in January. Um, I've heard people say she's going to New Japan. Some people are saying she might even go to AEW. I don't see her going to AEW. I, I'm sorry. If she does, then great for her. I'm happy for her. Like, But I don't see her going to AEW. Like, AEW is doing the same shit WWE does. If, you, if you're looking at talent, it's the same shit. Like... The difference between maybe AEW and WWE is that you don't really know that many girls on AEW outside of the WWE girls. It may be outside of uh, Jane uh, Cargill. You really don't know that many AEW girls, like really AEW girls. It may be uh, Ben Breaker, no, Ben uh, Baker, but there's not that many AEW girls that you really actually really fucking know other than Jade and Ben and Britt. You don't really know that many. Other than other girls are kind of all a all WWE girls. Like you want to go get uh Amber Moon, and then you want to go get Paige, and then you want to go get uh Tony Storm, and it's like you're putting WWE people in the women's division too. The difference between the women's division in WWE and AEW is that at least the WWE women, you kind of know eventually could rise to the top, even though if they're playing favorites. You kind of feel like they could rise to the top. AEW, I just, like I said, I don't really watch it. But every time I hear about it, it's kind of like they're just picking their favorites too. And they don't know really who's the favorite. 
if Sasha goes to AEW, she's going to be the big name for a couple months. She's going to get in a couple title matches. She might even win the title. But I don't see her really expanding her, her horizons or her business in AEW. I just don't. I think WWE is way more globally known than AEW, even though AEW has a lot of these companies uh, with them. WWE is way more globally known, and I think she would actually get more opportunities if she went back to WWE. Now, compared to the women's division in both companies, maybe AEW has more of the unproven talent that she could work with, and that might enthuse her. But at the same time, WWE is way more seen, and I think that if she ends up on a SmackDown where they don't really have a true contender there, she can actually go to SmackDown and win a title right out the gate. She can beat Ronda. I know she could. She almost beat her at the Royal Rumble. I know she could beat her. And she could be the number one champ. And she could be the number one champion on SmackDown easily. Women is easy. Now, Nermani, Nermani, I think she should go. She's going to go back to WWE. It's, I don't, like, I can see her more so going to AEW because she just probably wants to try something different. But I see her going back to WWE because her husband works for, for WWE. Like, and he's in the biggest storyline of the entire fucking wrestling world like so like i said she can go back to wwe and be part of the bloodline storyline and now she in, in hell her and sasha go back and kind of be together in the bloodline because she's she's officiated she's in by proxy sasha's in by proxy because of Norma, normani and tamina they all were in a group together so they probably will really protect her and put her in a, in a bloodline so you would probably have a different type of look of the bloodline if you could. So I feel like with that, it's kind of it's kind of a thing. I wish they would. I would. I hope both of those women go back to WWE. But at the same time, if they end up in AEW, I guess I, I would support them regardless. But it, it'd be hard to watch AEW. I'm just to be honest. I I love them, but I just, oh, it'd be hard. <laughs> it'd be fucking hard, man. It'd be hard, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It'd just be hard. Um. Another storyline that has happened this year. Where do I want to go with this? Lord, Lord, Lord. So many. Uh, do I go with the brawl out and fallout? Or do I go with the changing of the guard in WWE? How about this? The returns. WWE is clearly going through a change. And in that change, they're bringing back a lot of returning WWE superstars. Now, last, uh, yes, Tuesday. So last night, last night, last night, it was, um, last night, it was, um, uh, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed came back, uh, who was killing it in WWE before. He was a great NXT competitor. Um, and I want to see what he's going to do at WWE. I, I hope Triple H doesn't pair him with The Miz too long. I hope he goes off and does his own shit. But being kind of like The Miz is lackey, it kind of it has his, it has his moments, and then it kind of like fades the fuck out. So that's why I'm like, I hope he just like is affiliated with him. But he's like, I stand on my own two feet. I do this shit by myself. Like if The Miz need me, like the shit. Like I was just, I was watching a clip of Seth Rollins talk about how when the shield got to WWE, they were supposed to be kind of like CM Punk's bodyguards. But they got so red hot out the gate that they had to move them. I hope Bronx and Reed actually gets really hot really fast. 
and gets the fuck out the out the mid situation. That that kind of derailed Tommaso Ciampa too. Um, when it comes to this, uh, you know, Bronson Reed is back, but it just is one of the latest of WWE returns that has happened. You had a Karrion Cross comeback, who I've said numerous times on numerous episodes. If you've seen my Wrestling Life episodes, Karrion Cross was a dominant fucking NXT champion. I think the thing about WWE right now, when it comes to these these so-called NXT comebacks, you gotta have a reason for them to be back. Like it, like Johnny Gargano is self-explanatory. Like Johnny Gargano actually have had a long run in NXT. So if you actually watched NXT, you knew who he was already. But a Karrion Cross, who only had a couple years in NXT, or a Bronson Reed, or a Dexter Loomis, or like like those like even Eo Sky and Dakota Kai, like they've had their little moments here and there. Even though Dakota Kai had been in NXT a little longer than than Eo Sky had, it still feels like you know they have to still kind of corner the WWE fans, and it's just like. I think because Vince McMahon made NXT seem like it was just like lesser than, it was hard for people to root for them. Like it was a time when NXT was actually the most popular brand out of the WWE circuit, and and it, it's kind of like now they've kind of fucked up NXT so bad, and a lot of these superstars got released, and now that they're coming back, it's hard to get behind them. Like only NXT call up that I've seen people really get behind is Johnny Gargano. That's it because you actually know what he actually accomplished since he's been back. And it's just like, that's the only person they've actually rooted for. And I feel like that's kind of fucked up. That's kind of bad. That's really fucking bad. Um, Karrion Cross was a dominant NXT champion. Um, Bronson Reed could hold his own in NXT. Like, you know, Dexter Loomis was creepier, creepy in, w- in NXT. He was creepy in WWE. But nothing that's changed. You know, I actually just saw a clip of him fighting Karrion Cross and, and, and Scarlett in TNA. He's always been that character. Like, that's just who he's always been. Um, so nothing's really changed. I feel like that's kind of how this looks. Like, uh, the returns of, of these superstars, I feel like from the NXT feel, is just like, you got to reboot their whole look. Even though Triple H is giving them back their personas and everything, it feels like, they they're so behind the gate that eventually they just gotta figure out a way to kind of push just push them. Um, but they're the only uh, returns uh, that came back. Mia Yim is back also, who was part of NXT, but she actually got caught up earlier in the in the, in the time before then. Um, but of course, everybody knows who really came back, and that is Bray Wyatt. I might be missing a lot more other people that came back from WWE, but Bray Wyatt. Is back. Brian Strowman also came back. A lot of people forget he got fired and he came back. Um, but Brian, but Bray Wyatt, um, is back. And a lot of people are. I hear a lot of. I watch a lot of wrestling stuff. I see a lot of people say, you know, this Bray Wyatt shit is taking forever to get going. But you got to realize this is what Bray was doing. This is what Bray wants to do. I don't think Triple H is really in Bray Wyatt's ear telling him anything. I think Bray Wyatt wants to build his character how he wants to build his character. And I think that's the main thing that Vince McMahon and him had a problem with when he got released. It was like, I want to build my character this way. You see it one way. That's the fucking problem we got. And you call me difficult to work with. But now that Bray is back and people are now, I see a lot of people like, man, I'm getting tired of this shit. Can you actually do something? Can you do something? Can you do something? 
it's like the meme. Y'all know the meme. The fucking dude, the, the stick figure got the stick and he's poking the fucking dude and like, do something. It kind of feels like that's what you motherfuckers are doing to break. It's like, do something. Like, do something. Make us really feel intrigued by this. And I feel like what Bray is, he's trying to build the suspense. He's trying. But, again, we're so, WWE's fucked up so many people that we're just like, can you give us something? And you're rushing it. And I think that that's the problem. I think Bray Wyatt is such a, an incredible mind at what he does. And he's so fucking mentally focused on trying to create this illusion and this, the psychology of what his character is trying to be. You gotta just give it time. I'm not in this mindset like let's fucking force this shit. I get what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to just create the. He's trying to build suspense. So when he does get in the ring and he finally does fight, you have no choice but to be like, holy shit, what the fuck? Like that dude's different. And I feel like that's when it's gonna change. And also one thing about this this situation is Bray Wyatt has learned how to make stars out of people. Recipes to Luke Harper. You know, he's learned how to make stars out of people. L.A. Knight right now is becoming a hot commodity, if y'all don't want to believe that. But he's becoming a hot commodity. And Bray Wyatt has given him all the energy that he needs to become a hot commodity. And Bray Wyatt's not even physically on Raw, but Alexa Bliss is getting so much over because people know Bray Wyatt is going to eventually come with her. She's going to go with Bray Wyatt eventually. And even if she turns heel, which Bray is not even a heel, he's a face. But if she somehow turns heel, which is kind of stupid because it'd be like kind of active, because she'll be a face too if she turns and becomes and joins Bray Wyatt. It'd be like, you're joining Bray Wyatt. That makes sense. But the Bray Wyatt return was so over the top. Like we we knew it was coming eventually. And it's just like, yeah, let's take this is this is different. I remember watching Extreme Rules and just seeing that shit and just being like, oh my god, this shit just really happened. Um, but yeah, I will tell anybody just just chill with this Bray Wyatt shit. I think Bray Wyatt is coming. Another person that returned in twenty twenty three that technically left the company and came back to the company. If you know anything I'm about to say, is this the American Nightmare, Cody. Rhodes. Cody Rhodes came back to WWE after literally building AEW to kind of destroy WWE. And he ends up in WWE, fights at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins, which is one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, And the American Nightmare is definitely on my list of wrestlers of the 2022. That episode actually is coming out tomorrow night, so go listen to that. Well, we'll already be out by the time this episode does drop, so go listen to it. Um, to refresh yourself, um, but Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE was such a massive thing, and we all knew he was coming back. We all knew he was gonna fight Seth Rollins, but it still doesn't take away the suspense and just the ex- the excitement of watching him back in WWE. Man, it was so incredible, and um, yeah, man, W Cody Rhodes being back in WWE is such a different type of level because now you have another chess piece to play with when you do decide to take the belts off of Roman Reigns. Or he could be the person to take the belt off of Roman Reigns. It's so many ways you can go with this. And I think Cody Rhodes is one of the best examples of the guy that was the forgotten son in his previous times at WWE and even in AEW. But now is the 100% quintessential best option 
for a run in WWE after Roman Reigns. That's not that many people you could physically say is the best option. Not that many. So, congratulations. Welcome back to Cody Rhodes. Um, can't wait to see if he does appear in the Royal Rumble. That'd be pretty dope. Um, now, <sighs> CM Punk. Like I said a couple minutes ago, um, CM Punk, the 2011 run of CM Punk, 2011-2012 run of CM Punk, to me, highly regards, like a decade ago, was one of the greatest fucking runs a wrestler's ever had in years. I've never seen a wrestler get hot on their own like that. Like, I've never seen it. In my, in my time, I've never seen where the stars just did not align for him to be the superstar, but he became it. And people just rallied behind him so much and so fast that WWE had no choice but to just put the belt on him and see how far it could go. He made himself a superstar. And when he came back to wrestling, I was one of the few that was just in, like, I can't believe he's really fucking back in, in wrestling. I can't believe it. He goes to AEW. It's a better, it's a new company. He wants to boost it. He wants to push it. And this year, he wins the AEW championship. And then shit just goes left. <laughs> shit goes left. And it's the problem with AEW that I've said numerous times. AEW reminds me, feels like a lot of WCW where the, the wrestlers are calling the shots. And the higher ups are just listening to whoever they feel like has the the right shit to say. So Tony Khan doesn't really know how to really run a wrestling company, so he's just listening to the Chris Jericho's and the you know the, you know the Kenny Ortega's and but Kenny Ortega's never ran a wrestling company. He's never been the head of a on TV wrestling company. CM Punk has been around wrestling on TV before, so it just feels like for me. You know, the brawl out at All Out was kind of crazy. It, it was nuts. Do I, I don't sound anybody, but I think I get why CM Punk was so fucking furious, and I get it. I get it. I get why he was so furious. It's like, you're letting wrestlers tell you what the fuck to do with your company. And these motherfuckers have the right, whenever they feel like it, to tell me I need to drop the belt. How fucked up is that? And I need to drop it to probably one of them. I got why CM Punk felt some type of way. I get it. Because it's like, not only am I competing against you motherfuckers, I'm, I'm not only am I competing against you motherfuckers, you're also backstage politics. So it's kind of fucked up around, all around. And I feel like right now for, for that situation, CM Punk, I'm not going to sit here and say he was in the right because at the end of the day, you shouldn't have put your hands on any of those dudes. But I understand what he was saying. Like, I'm playing politics backstage and then I got to come out here and try to act like I'm cool with that shit. That's fucked up. And like I said, that's, and I think that's why I said with MJF, I don't know what AEW is going to be in a year. They look like everything's back to normal. It looks like it's okay. But in a year, you don't fucking know. Another atomic bomb could happen. Another, another a really important superstar could actually leave. If the co-founder of the company, like Cody Rose, just is like, fuck this, I'm out. What makes you think other superstars who now see Triple H and Power at WWE isn't going to say, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. Because a lot of the WWE guys now that are there 
are kind of saying that shit. They're like, ah, I kind of want out. I don't want to be here. Because the company is, it's ran by wrestlers and it's ran by somebody that just don't know what the fuck he's doing. So it's kind of just a, a fucking bad situation all around. Which is going to make something, it's going to make for an interesting situation going into 2023. Because, yeah, it looks like it's back to normal. They've had their moments. But at the same time, what ACM Punk doing what he did, it kind of shows you the backstage politics of what the fuck is going on. And even if the the, the elite got suspended, they're back on TV. Because you're not going to fire them from also being the executive producers of the fucking show with you. And that's kind of where the problem kicks in. So, as much as CM Punk uh, did fuck his own career up, I do believe that. I don't think that even though he did that, I think that he was more so, okay, I kind of, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I am kind of like leaning towards CM Punk. But I understand what he's doing. Like, I understand him saying like, yo, like, you're going to tell me, somebody that's draw you the biggest gates you've ever had in your entire fucking company's career since I've been here. I'm drawing million dollar gates and you're sitting here telling me that people that I know damn well that don't, don't know shit about being on TV, drawing people, bringing people, these motherfuckers have never had to deal with this shit. I've been champion. I've been a champion at WWE, the highest level of, w, of wrestling competition. I was the main guy for, two, for 434 days. And you're going to sit here and tell me that I don't know how to do this shit, it's kind of stupid. And I get what he's saying. Um, at the end of the day, do I think CM Punk is going to be back in wrestling at any point in 2023? I think he's done. I think he's done. I don't think is going to resign him. I think AEW's done with him. I think he's done. And I think he's done with wrestling. I think he needed to come back and kind of show people he could still do it. And he felt like he needed to do it. Because he finally put a kibosh on what he wanted his career to be. Even though it kind of did in the same way and then they kind of in WWE where it was like, you don't want to listen to anybody and nobody want to listen to you. So it's just like a big ass boom and it exploded and it didn't matter who got hit, who got fucked up. It just exploded. And I think that when you have a situation like that and a wrestler like that, it's going to be hard for him to ever get back in the good graces of anybody in these companies. And I think that CM Punk is pretty much done with, a re- with wrestling. I don't think he's going back to UFC, but I don't see him coming back to WWE either or AEW. So I think he's pretty much done. I think he's done. Uh, I hate that his career ended the way it has ended again because I was one of those fans that, like, when he got fired from WWE, I was like, what the fuck? How the fuck you fire CM Punk? But now that you see it, then this is why I also say I didn't want to side with him. I understand what he was doing, but I also understand why a lot of these companies are, like, kind of like, with CM Punk, because it's like, you're also putting your own justifications on why the fuck you're being an asshole, and that's not okay, and, and that's kind of where it, it kind of, like, lost for me, and last but not least, of course, this is the last story that I wanted to talk about in 2022, Vince, a Kennedy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, or as we all know, Mr. McMahon, stepping down as creative control as the creative uh mind of the wrestling company of WWE and also CEO of the company he retired <sighs> oh, man. 
Now let's hope and pray he stays retired. Triple H has taken over as creative, uh, head of creative of WWE. Clearly, if you're a fan of WWE, we all have said this. It's been a better fucking product. He has bought back a lot of returns. Even if these returns have kind of had their moments where it just, it's not clicking yet, they're going to eventually click. I'm not going to sit here and, and act like that. It's not going to happen. It's going to click. Um, but let's get into it. Vince McMahon has had... So what happened, right, is what we're kind of really going into, right? Vince McMahon um, article came out, I think, in the New York Times that said Vince McMahon had been, had paid, allegedly, paid uh, or was getting sued for um, sexual uh it wasn't sexual assault. I think sexual assault or sexual conduct by two women that used to work for the WWE. Well, one woman was a ref, I think, and the other one was uh, a masseuse. But he got sued um, for that. And the more he felt like, so he retired because of that a lot of the accusations started coming out a lot of more stuff started happening around that time around him and the company he just got to the point where it was just like okay it's getting too it's getting too much i'm going to take a bow i'm going to retire he leaves the company and triple h who at the time had just retired from wrestling because of his own because of his health conditions and his situation with his health he can't wrestle anymore he retired, and he's thrust back into the WWE life, and now he's the head of not just creative of WWE Raw SmackDown. He's the overseer of all WWE creations. So with that being said, um, Triple H is now the head of creative of these companies, and it's it's kind of interesting to see WWE be this way. Because, like I said, with Vince in power, AEW had the market cornered. Like, AEW could do no wrong in a lot of people's eyes. I would still watch WWE over AEW at that time. But even I would be like, WWE is just so fucking bad. It's it's not good. It's not getting better. So when Vince kind of had to step down and he retired, I was so happy. I'm not going to lie. I was happy. Triple H taking over. I saw what Triple H did with NXT. The superstars he bought in. The matches he was able to create, the matches that he was able to get over, the people he was able to get over, the title matches, the moments, the the the, the belief that people had for a NXT was through the fucking roof. Like I said, he, he made NXT actually the best brand of WWE for like 2017 to like 2019. Like he made fuck, I can't even say that. It might be like 2015, like 2018, 2019. And Teddy had his heart attack. Like, he, until, fuck, probably even a pandemic. Like, he had WWE on a, on a lock with NXT. He could not do no wrong. And I feel like um, him being a creative mind that he is and being a wrestler, he knows what a lot of these wrestlers want to do. Now, Vince retiring was, yes, a Big, huge situation for a lot of people. 
But now that Vince is trying to come back, excuse me about that. But now that Vince is trying to come back to the company, he's trying to get his his positions back. This is the dilemma that WWE's in because he still owns a very large share of the stocks of the company. He can actually come back if he wants to. The problem is the board has to vote on him 100% unanimously to vote on him to come back as the guy, as the man in charge. And I don't think the board would do that because even though Triple H is, you can have his moment, he's had his moments sometimes with the company where the viewership and stuff might not be great, but the talent is more happy. The people that are working there are actually happy. And I think that that plays along with the stock market that they do have people that buy stocks into WWE. If Vince does take the company back, I can actually see the company, the stocks falling and the company kind of losing interest real fast. Not just from the, 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 the stock market of WWE, but from the talent of WWE. There's going to be a lot of talent that already was kind of like not trusting Vince with the creativeness. Because when you hear people say, he wouldn't even tell you what the fuck you were doing until maybe an hour before the show. And not even probably even then. He'd probably come back there 30 minutes before the show and be like, hey, you're doing this tonight. The fuck? Like, that is not good when you are running a fucking wrestling company. I need to know what the fuck I am doing. And I think that is the thing about WWE. At the end of the day, if Vince Lee stays out the company, it actually helps everybody. And I think that WWE, even though Vince does have the control and shares of this, and it might be hard for them to even sell the company because Vince owns so much of a percentage still, I think WWE is in a better place. And now that Vince is gone, and if Vince, Vince, I think Vince is, even though he's an egotistical son of a bitch, we all know Vince is egotistical. I think that he will actually understand that his presence, his presence isn't needed anymore. And even though he is going to hurt him for that, because he's egotistical, I think he's going to actually respect that and actually give that shit up. Or he's just dooming us all for fucking 2023. And we're just, all the shit we, I said tonight is just going to go by the fucking wayside. Because Vince is back in charge. And wrestling life is just going to be a fucking dull-ass episode. It's going to be very dull in 2023. <laughs> um, hopefully not. Um, but anyway, uh, it was so many things in wrestling this year that I, I truly enjoyed. Stone Cold Steve Austin came back. I watched that match last night, uh, a couple nights ago on YouTube. It was better than what I thought. It's still, it's one of the best matches I've seen, you know, that, that at, at that night. It's a lot of things, man. All in all, wrestling in 2022 was crazy as shit. I have stories that I didn't even get to tonight because it's just so many fucking stories that happen in wrestling. Those are just the stories that I particularly enjoyed talking about. And, and I thought it was really good this year and really interesting and intriguing as fuck. Um, and hopefully going into 2023, we have more of those, those incredible grabbing headlines more so not because people are walking the fuck out or the company is turning over and term all you, or, you know, it's because of real genuine ass stories like the bloodline and MJF. Until then, I am Brandon Janu. I will see you in 2023 when I do my top 10 matches of 2022. I'm not done with 2022 just yet, but that will be kicking off season seven of the brand. Well, that will actually be closing out season seven, closing, closing out season six of this. Until then, happy new year. 
I hope you guys enjoy it and go watch all of the Wrestling Life episodes that I've already done and listen to them all on podcast platforms, YouTube channel, Brandon News Show, and also all podcast platforms. It's Brandon News Show. No spaces. It's just Brandon News Show. Until then, Happy New Year. Hope you guys enjoy it. I am Brandon Janu. See you next year. Peace.